Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast. Welcome back to Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast. This is a bonus episode we're doing around Egypt Station, around our Ian Lee appearance, and Chris. Yeah. What do you think? Egypt Station, just briefly. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to get into this for real in chronological order when we get to season four, which is coming. But, you know, I've had a few days since the Ian Lee interview to live with it. And I must say, I'm really enjoying getting to know it. I stand by what I said in the episode. It's some of Paul's best singing in a while. Yes, absolutely. He just sounds at ease and comfortable. Mm -hmm. There's a... There's a lightness in his voice. It's it's really wonderful to hear him sound like this at this stage. Really cool. Yeah, he sounds like a young man or something. Like he's he's very relaxed. Yeah, it's the relaxed quality. It's not that he sounds suddenly preternaturally young or anything. It's just that he sounds at ease, you right. know, and really like he's like song is in his heart. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sure. Because we've heard him sounding a little labored at times. You know, in the last, yeah. say, 10, 10 years or so worth of albums. Right. And he sounds totally comfortable now. It sounds really great. Yeah. And there was something that you and I were talking about that we cut out of one of the last podcasts. I believe it was Driving Rain, where we were kind of talking about how this third act of his starts with Run, Devil, Run after Linda's gone. And it felt like it was leading to something. And as far as I can tell, this is what it was leading to. Just a really mm. solid third act Paul McCartney album. Yeah, it doesn't sound self-conscious. Right. Even when it fumbles, it does so in a really genuine way for the most part. Right. It's really nice. Yeah. It's not like he's trying really hard to make a Beatlesy song here. Oh, now I'm doing a Wings thing. It doesn't there's none yeah. of that self-conscious self-reference. It's really just Paul writing some songs or that's how it feels at this early stage. Honeymoon period for sure. Right. <laughs> Right. It's really creative, too, and creative in the way that I think Paul McCartney, she's got matching teeth. Caesar Rock. Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. like a McCartney 3 leftover. Butterflies with army boots. Yeah. And in a lot of these interviews, you know, the Soda Jerker guys, Brian and Simon did a, a great podcast. You should check that out. Yeah. And Marin, that interview you showed me, he just seems like he's back again to something that like Mm -hmm. i haven't seen since like ram he just feels relaxed and creative and he's not really thinking about the beatles but he is kinda it's just very hard to describe which is why we need to do a proper episode yeah well we will in a bit but yeah we're gonna play for you guys the ian lee broadcast we asked him and he said we could we had do you have anything to say about that Really fun. It's our second appearance on Ian's show, and he's very generous with his comments about our podcast. It's really cool. Yeah. He also has a way of going straight to the right topics. Yeah. <laughs> when 
when Chris and I are on hold waiting to get on the show, so there's, you know, you call in, you speak to the producer, lovely Catherine, and then it goes right into like a green room. And it just feels like you're going up a roller coaster. You're you're about to go down (laughs) over the hill. But Ian, what a brilliant interviewer. Like, he just knows exactly who to talk to, who's going to answer the questions the right way. It's just such a treat. It really is. Yeah. With that, let's play the clip. I think it's 10 or 15 minutes long. And we'll come back with a few comments afterwards. Yeah. Experience the unconventional. Evening, boss. The unpredictable. What's happening? And the completely unorthodox. Exactly. With rule-free Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On Talk Radio. I mean, that's great. Got crows at my window and dogs at my door. That's a great line. And for someone who can be a little bit lazy when it comes to the lyrics, that's a great line. Paul, new Paul McCartney album is out. Do you know what? It's the first album, the first time I've kind of been excited at the prospect of a new Paul McCartney album. And it came today and I loved it. Um, and you probably remember uh, a couple of months ago, I guess, we had... Um, Ryan Brady, and for a little bit we had uh, Chris Mercer on until he bottled it halfway through, from the brilliant Take It Away podcast. And if you don't know it, it's on iTunes, it's on all the podcast providers, Take It Away. Uh, Now, let me make sure I get the website right, because I always get these wrong. Takeitawaypodcast.com. And basically, it goes through... Uh, in really minute, wonderful, Columbo-style detail, every uh, Paul McCartney album since The Beatles, Wings, the solo stuff, everyone, and it's it's brilliant. And there's a lot of albums I didn't know, and there were some albums I was really familiar with, but it opens up in a new light. Anyway, it's a great podcast. Uh, so I thought, who who better to get on the show to talk about um, Egypt Station than uh, Ryan and Chris from Take It Away? Good evening, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, what's happening <laughs> now? Thanks for having us back on. Well, it, well, it's good to have you back. Chris, how long are you going to stay for this time? I'm going to try to hang it out with you. I'm on a landline, so it's going to take a meaner kind of gremlin this time. And I know, Chris, that we, we kind of... Aren't you off to see Billy Joel tonight? I am off to see Billy wow. Joel. How apt is that? That's incredible. <laughs> where, where, whereabouts, is he, whereabouts are you and where's he playing? Uh, well, I live in Evanston, so I'll be going down to Wrigley Field to see him in Chicago. And apparently, I'm not a massive Billy Joel fan, but he puts on he puts on a cracking show, doesn't he? I've n- I haven't seen him live oh. since 1989, I think. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I know he sings the songs down a, a few steps from the old days, but he sounds really good from what, what I see on uh, YouTube. Isn't it funny you mention that? Well, as we get older, our voices get deeper. It's gravity, and it's it's the way life goes. And so, Billy, a couple of artists, a few older artists, go down a key or two. Um, am I right, Chris? McCartney doesn't do it. He sings them all in the same key that he recorded them in. That's right. Yeah, wow. he sings them all in the same key, and some of them are very high, as yeah. you know. Um, yeah, people like when my parents go to Paul McCartney concerts because they go more often than I do. They always use the cell phone to show me so I can check my love and silly love songs and <laughs> check the high A's, and they're still there, man. Um, Ryan, the album came out today. How did you get it? How did I get it? I listened to it on Spotify. Okay, yeah. so, so as soon as you watch, and um, well, let's start. What, what did you think of it? 
Well, you know, I listened up until, what was it, the song Domino. So I listened to the first 10 songs yeah. last night, and then I slept on it. I woke up and listened to the rest of it. And so I was sitting there this morning thinking, like, am I being a fanboy here, or is this one of the best Paul McCartney albums I've heard in 10, 20, 30 years? Yeah. And, bef- and before I could even talk to anybody, two of my best friends, both named Max, they both reached out to me without me even reaching out to them at all. They're both like, uh, so Paul McCartney just turned in a Paul McCartney album <laughs> for the first time in a long time. And then Chris and I, as we were talking just uh, you know, a couple hours ago, we, we were like, wait, this, wow, this is really amazing. This is something else. So yeah, I mean, well, I, well, hang I on. love it. So Having far. listened to your podcasts a lot, or, or all of them, uh, uh, if, if you're saying you like it, then Chris, by default, you must think this is a turkey. Why do you say that? No, <laughs> we, we agree sometimes. We disagree sometimes. I, 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 um, I, I've, I've got beef with you over saying that Ebony, Ebony and Ivory is a terrible song. You're so wrong on that. But that's not okay. what we're here for. Um, you, you enjoyed it, did you, yeah, Chris? You, you think it's a good one? You, I'm, I'm sure you've joined the legions who are mad at me about Flaming Pie too. Um, yeah, I think this is. I think this is really wonderful. I got it today. I got the CD and the LP, and I've spun wow. the LP a couple times. Yeah, and uh, I think it's wonderful. I and I didn't. That was not a given to me, because although I love I Don't Know, mm. I thought Come On To Me was so-so, and I thought Fuck You was, I almost don't want to talk about it. So I didn't take it as, you know, for granted this would be so good, but it is so good. Funny you mentioned Fuck You, because I, I, I didn't like, I've heard it a few times now, that song. And now I think it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Now I think it is, and I don't like the band Coldplay, but it's like the best Coldplay song that they never wrote mm-hmm. to the power of 10. You know, it's, I think it's a brilliant pop song. And I read an interview in, um, maybe it's Q magazine, um, where he's in the studio with a different producer for that song. And the, guy, the producer yeah. said, well, what do you want to do? And he said, I really want to write a hit. And they said, "All right, let's write a hit." And that and and fuck you was was it? And I think it's uplifting. I think it's poppy. I think it's catchy. You know, it's not it's not the most you know in depth lyrics, but I I thought it was a joy that on on about third or fourth well, hearing. Well, even if I agreed with that, I do think it is by a different producer from the rest of the album, so yep. it, it does stick out to me, if yep. nothing else. And by the way, speaking of Greg Kirsten, three cheers for Greg Kirsten. Yeah, man. What a great job he did on this. How does... Ryan, do we know how how much a producer... It must be hard for a producer to say to Paul McCartney, yeah, that song's not very good, Paul. Uh, you know, how mm. much how much of it is, is the producer kind of getting their hands on it and shaping it? And how much is it Paul McCartney going in and doing what he wants to do? Because he's Paul bloody McCartney. Yeah, I mean, normally Paul gets Paul's way, except for, I believe, on Chaos and Creation. I've done some reading on this album, and I listened to a podcast by the Soda Jerker guys, mm. Brian and Simon. The, this Just this morning, it's, you should all check that out. They got McCartney, they, didn't they? Yeah, they got, they got Paul. They got yeah. him up in Liverpool at wow. Lippa. Uh, wow. And so we, we checked that out. And so it sounds like Paul wrote the songs, and then he brought them in and they finished them out. And, and I can't remember where the interview's from, but Greg was saying, like, I figured out how to talk to Paul, how to, mm. how to like, say, hey, well, that wasn't really that good. And Paul would go quiet or he wouldn't respond. <laughs> and Greg would follow up and be like, hey, did you hear me a couple hours ago? He's like, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, 
I've, I've been ignoring you. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Um, yeah, it's and, really funny. And listen, I don't want to spoil it because I know that you guys are going to do a brilliant Take It Away podcast about this and, and, and tear this album apart in a scientific, methodical mm-hmm. way. So I, I don't want to spoil that too much. But 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 I'm really keen to get your thoughts. Um, Ryan, let's, what, what are your kind of standout tracks? Are there two or three sure. on here that you think, wow, these, these, these are classic McCartney that could, that could you know stand with the best of them? Yeah, I mean, I really love I Don't Know, but I, I mean, that's, I think that goes without saying. Yeah. The standout for me right now is Do It Now. Yep. I heard that this morning, and I, the lyrics and the music, the harpsichord, all of it, I was like, wow, that is, I mean, that's not just a good Paul McCartney song. It's just a great song, mm-hmm. like, like all in. And then a third one. I have I I have a thing for hunting you down that uh, track sixteen. I just think it's rad. Um, now isn't that funny? Because that, I've read a lot about that. Is is that the one? Because I've only listened to the album once. That's the one that is that is alludes to Trump, doesn't it? The captain's gone crazy. Is it is that that one? Uh, that's. Or is that despite, despite repeated warnings? warnings? Okay, right, sorry. Um, I, and I, I, yeah, you're right. Despite repeated warnings is the one that the captain's gone crazy. And it, it, that is a great song. Hunt You Down, Naked and Sea Link. I'd read a lot about that. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of people saying, hey, it's like um, the Abbey Road medley. You know, it's it's like the band yeah. on the run. It's, <laughs> it's a, 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 and I must admit, and I've only heard it once. Repeated hearings will change, I'm sure. But I heard it and I went, ah, yeah. It kind of, you know, it, it goes off into a bit of guitar noodling at the end, and yeah, ah, it's it not quite as good as I was expecting. <laughs> but see, I have a thing for the medley on the flip side of Red Rose Speedway. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. So hearing that, I was like, ooh, a little, it, it sounds like Red Rose Speedway, it sounds like Ram. I think the whole record is like a combination of Ram and Tug of War mm-hmm. era kind of stuff. I really think it's the best thing he's made since 1982. I know that's wild to say. What is 82? Is that Tug of War or Pipes of Peace? Uh, Tug of War, Pipes of Peace era, but specifically Tug of War. Listen to us getting geeky, Catherine. I'm I'm holding my own with these men and they know everything. Uh, Chris, go on. (laughs) First of all, Chris, what do you think about the the Hunt You Down Naked Sea Link track before we get your favourites? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool, and it's among my favorites. Okay, uh, I always love these these double and triple songs. Yeah, um, that's a that's a thing for me. And this seems like a classic double song. I, I prefer the naked part of the song. Yeah, and I do agree with you that the sea link jam thing is kind of a strange way to close out the album. Yeah, but overall, I think that's a cool track. Other favorites. Yes, um, despite repeated warnings, is a favorite. Yeah, and it, it's a nice contrast with the one we were just talking about because it too is sort of a multi-part song, but it's not a double or triple song. It's one continuous narrative. Mm-hmm. Really, it's an extended metaphor that has a narrative, and and all the multiple tempo changes and stuff. So that's a real standout. That's what I want from Paul stuff yeah. like this. You know? Yeah. Anything else? Yes, Domino's. Domino's is a great song. Domino's is a great song. I'm listening yeah. to it and thinking, I, I've heard this song before. And of course I haven't, but that's how good it is. It just it has a real sense of familiarity about it. I thought it was superb. Yeah, I mean, Paul has that gift to write that song that sounds almost as if it's always existed, you know, and that's that's like that. Um, mm-hmm. Also, Back in Brazil mm-hmm. is another yeah. fun one to me. Oh and let me tell you gosh. why I love that, because, yeah, you know, it, it sort of references Tropicalia, the Brazilian 70s movement, without doing pastiche. 
It just kind of borrows yeah. a little of that sound, yeah. but it doesn't do like a, an aping thing. It's really good, really, really clever. Um, he's 76. He shouldn't be making records this good anymore. He, there's a lot of the kind of heritage artists, like David Crosby is turning out some great stuff at the moment. Uh, the last, in fact, the last Graham Nash album was, was, was amazing as well. Um, it seems to be that a lot of these artists, they, once they kind of give up chasing pop hits and they get a bit older and... I don't know why is it. I don't know what it is, but that in their seventies they turn out amazing stuff. And McCartney said, "You know, I liked New. I liked half of New, and I thought half mm-hmm. of it sucked a big one. But all of this, wow. pretty much all of this, is 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 a joy." Yeah, I actually don't think we should be surprised by that. Older, experienced music- musicians should yeah. be bringing a lot to the table. And you know, people in musical theater and film music and other. Uh, realms of music they kind of hit their stride in their 40s and 50s sometimes right. so speaking of people uh, sort of youth culture thing seeking seeing this did you see this cath but people in musical theater that the guy that wrote hamilton is filming in wales and um he he kind of rocked up at an open mic night in this pub in wales <laughs> where they've got a pianist and people go in and sing this happened this week it's on twitter and people go in and sing songs and he went in and sang like load of songs from les mis and hamilton wow. and it's about halfway through it people went i think that's is that the guy that wrote hamilton the thing <laughs> is he's in wales so everyone's an excellent singer yeah, there yeah. so it would just be par for the I course but yeah was, i thought that was great i think someone sort of sent him a tweet saying oh i bet you won't come to our pub for a little bit of you know a sing-along and he went well maybe if i'm free <laughs> and then he rocked up and starts yeah. you know singing these amazing well, songs that he wrote which is incredible nice Lynn manuel miranda right that's that it guy? that's the one yeah yeah, yeah. Ab- yeah. absolutely incredible um mccartney is doing the rounds i didn't get him i'm guessing you guys didn't get him the soda jerker boys did though um it, oh, yeah and uh, I, I do like their podcast from time to time it, 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 he's doing a lot of stuff he believes in this record doesn't he yes paul for sure well and, and mercer pointed out to me he was on marin and i listened to the marin interview that yeah. i believe was at the Arclight theater in la wow that i never heard paul like that he marin said something to him like uh you know the Rolling Stones, you, know, you ever see them and think, man, I wish I'd kept the band together. And Paul's like, well, yeah, but two of them are dead. <laughs> like, he said that in the interview. It's just crazy. He's, Paul, to me right now, feels like he's a younger man than his persona from like the 90s. Yeah. Like, he mm. just is having a great time. And what a treat it is to be watching him. Um, he looks good. He's sounding good. You guys talk about the old man McCartney voice, uh, and it's it's on this. It's all over this album. But it, it, man alive, Chris, it sounds great, doesn't it? He's really got that that old voice, and he's loving it. He's. It sounds wonderful. <clears throat> the way I see it, it's some of his best singing since the '80s, which is not saying it sounds like the '80s. It yeah. just sounds like he's really grown into his voice or gotten yeah. comfortable with this voice. He's really bringing that you know old musician gravitas to it. And uh, sometimes he sounds, you know, younger than he has in a while. Mm. But, yeah, it's Old Man Macca, but it's really good Old Man Macca. Yeah. Boys, listen, I'm not going to ask you any more. Are you going to do a special podcast for this, or are you um, going to follow along uh, in chronological order? Have we decided, Ryan? You know, yeah, we we haven't. And, you know, the fact that you asked us on the show, I was so excited. I'm like, wow, this really feels like a a need, because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I would like to live with it for a while yeah. and really research it because yeah. we've been I mean I've been doing chaos and creation for the last couple months or whatever and before we launched that one so I mean 
to be determined, but... um, can I just say, we'll have to talk it over. Ryan works, um, or, or I don't know, Ryan says he has a new job, so I don't know if he's left, but Ryan did certainly work with Atlantic Records. And not the last time I went to New York with my boys a couple of weeks ago, but the time before, you very kindly invited me to have a look around Atlantic Records, which was just, oh, yeah, yeah. what a thrill. And I was joking to Kath and on Twitter going, hey, I'm going to Atlantic Records and I'm going to meet Stephen Stills, right? It was just a stupid <laughs> joke. And... Um, Ryan, Ryan, who was in the office the day or two before I came in? Oh, it was oh, it was somebody in that band. Come on, was it Graham? It was, was Graham Nash. Graham Nash was in the building twenty four hours before, and there's me going, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to go and meet Stephen Stills." Yeah. Nash was in the building. It's no, not even kidding. I was I was walking down the hallway. I was with another artist, you know, a younger artist, and. <laughs> The head of A&R is walking the other way, and he's with a couple of people. And, you know, there's people in the office, people, and he's like, hey, I need you to meet somebody. And, like, I just I extend my hand, and there he is. And it's like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? Nice to meet you, sir. And he's like, sir, don't call me sir. I, um, I love it. Right. Well, ah. <laughs> Wild. Um, but, but, gentlemen, boys, uh, congratulations on your news as well, Ryan. But I, I love your podcast so much. When is the next season coming out? When do you start? October, November. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, not too far. Okay, good. All right. Otherwise, I have to keep yep. texting you and get your opinions on records. Uh, it's the Take It Away yeah, podcast. we, we got to take a Paul McCartney break once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no one takes a Paul McCartney break except Paul McCartney. Uh, if you want to get Take It Away podcast, it's on iTunes. It's on all your usual podcast providers. You can also go to the website, website takeitawaypodcast.com. It is geeky. It is wonderful. It is funny. It is frustrating at times. It is plain wrong at times um but it's, it's it is wow. it's one of those I about that. <laughs> it is one of those podcasts where i'm sat in my car just shouting going, what are you talking about you're an idiot spies like us is a great song yeah well i think that's the effect chris and i both have independently in our own lives and the <laughs> fact that it's happening out there in the wild <laughs> but, uh, lads, it's it's, it's look, calling you lads because we're talking about a beetle uh it's so nice to talk to you ryan and chris we'll get you on again at some point i look forward to, to listening to more of your podcasts and go and enjoy billy joel Thanks so much, Ian. Thank you Thanks. very much. Cheers, my dears. There's Ryan and Chris, Take It Away podcast. That was a bit geeky, but I love it. You got It's the new Paul McCartney album. Uh, 03444991000. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Talk and entertainment across the nation. Talk Radio. Give it some lift. Oh, well, that was, I mean, that felt pretty good. That was a really fun appearance. I was hoping we'd get a chance to talk about Old Man Mac of Voice. Ian had yes. brought that up in our first appearance. Uh-huh. That's really cool. Ian pushes back against me a little on the you thing there that we'll get into when we cover the album properly. Yeah, really fun. So aside from the songs we discussed in the show, are there any you'd want to touch on right now? Well, we didn't mention the bonus tracks. Right. Or at least the two we have readily available. We'll see what happens. There there are a bunch of them, right? Three with Tedder and two of them are out. I guess there's a third one. I don't know if it's going to come out. It's some deluxe edition. And then, from what I understand, aside from what's on the album, there's eight to ten more Kirsten tracks. Well, that's good news. Yeah. I went to Target the day it came out and picked up the Target CD yeah. so that I could at least get these two. So one of them is Get Started, and the other is Nothing for Free. Right. Get Started is another Greg Kirsten, and Nothing for Free is another Tedder. And I thought Get Started was really, like, what's this doing as a bonus track, this is sure. as good as anything on the album. So here we are again with Paul. <laughs> it's a, we're like a broken record now. 
And I, I just want to say I don't know this song really well yet, but my initial impression was I like this better than several things on the album. It's also interesting that we had the chance, apparently, for like a fuh you, nothing for free, tether single, standalone thing. Right. And he right. passed that up and put fuh you on the album. I think it would have made a lot of sense. I think nothing for free is cooler than fuh you. Hmm. And would have made a lot of sense to put that out as a standalone thing. But eh. I'm going to get it brutally attacked online, but I like fuh you now. And I know I didn't in the beginning. So, but but I I agree completely ex- with what you're saying. Put a Kirsten album out, put a s- another single out, Ryan Tedder in January, and mm-hmm. just I mean he's going to be on tour. It sounds like for at least the next six months to a year. Yeah, that would have been a cool '70s style way to boost the album yeah. retroactively. Put out a single a few months after the album just to remind everyone you're there. And what a delight to have an album like this that really, really is fun to listen to and is more or less consistent and just a Paul McCartney album. It's, um, it's great. You know, it's interesting to have this drop into our, our laps just as we're doing the Chaos and Creation review. Right. You and I have both been deep into that over the summer, I think. Yeah. And it has some similarities in sound with Chaos and Creation, uh-huh. but is superior. And I, it, the sound quality to me is superior on... Egypt Station. Yeah, for sure. There's a similar dryness to the guitars, but you know, the main difference I think between those two albums is the treatment of the voice. We'll get into this very soon, but I do think that Nigel Godrich's treatment of Paul's voice on Chaos and Creation is, it's just brutal. It's just right up front and dry all the time. Mm -hmm. And Paul sounds as if there's a lot of pressure on him or something. And you hear him on this album, and he's he's a little further back in the mix, and he sounds at ease. So I don't know what's going on there, but... I think people think we're coming down on Paul for being old. Like, you cannot... I think a, I've made it clear that You've have, made it clear. I sometimes get messages like, he's old, like he's an old guy. One, how lucky are we to still have Paul McCartney around? Two, everybody's getting older. I'm not faulting anybody for getting older. It's as, as was what you and I said... Use the instrument you have, and he's done it. You, we yeah. have it. That's yeah. the point. And bring the experience that you will uniquely have as an older musician to right. that instrument, and then right. you got it. Since Run Devil Run, this is hands down my favorite Paul McCartney album. There's not even a question of it. Okay, I'm not going to get into any best sense stuff. Okay. <laughs> All I'm right. seeing a lot of crazy best sense statements out there, and people always do this. I'm not going to do it. Maybe did I do it on the Ian Lee? I said best in a while or something like that. I don't think you got any <laughs> specifics in there. Okay, I don't want to get. You might specific. have said something. I don't know. The truth is, I'm not sure where it stands, and yeah, you know, this also raises the issue that we've discussed before that we don't like to go too far in our comparisons chronologically. Yeah. That when you start going back three, four decades, it starts to get really weird. Yeah. You know? It's true. Of course, you can point to individual songs and you can always say, well, this song and this song have these things. We do that with the Beatles. You know, we do that with, hell, we go back to the 30s. Sure. And this reminds me of something. But when you're talking about sort of evaluating the albums next to each other, I'm more comfortable taking a five to 10 year slice and sort of saying, oh, these are the better ones in that period than I am putting a, a 2000s album next to a 70s album. Right. 
the industry changed so much, the context, the meaning of these things, the recording techniques, so many things change that yeah. yeah, I don't like to do a lot of best sense because what does it mean after after a certain number of decades? And we're talking about a guy who's been doing this for 60 years, you know? Right. Have you checked out that GQ interview that he put out this week? Not yet. I've heard it's really good. Whoa. Talk about... So we always say PR man McCartney. And there's this, the, the old saws, the old stories he always brings about. And we reference that 86, was it Q Magazine? That interview that's just raw and real and authentic. Yeah, that's, that's a great interview. what the GQ interview is. And it is touching exactly on what you just said, where Paul even goes through, he's like, it's sometimes, you know, I'm this guy now. And then a while ago, I was in a divorce. And then before that, I was with Linda for 30 years. And then you have Wings. And then there was that band, The Beatles, I was in. And then there's that whole period pre-Beatles. And he's like walking through it. Yeah. And so even he's aware of it, you know? And Of course, yeah. That's why I'm skeptical of, of best sense. And that's why I'm skeptical of rankings, you know, taking 60 years of material and trying to rank it and saying, oh, this is 13th best. This is 14th best. <laughs> you know? After a certain right. point, it's like, I mean, sure. doesn't it just break into tears? Isn't it sort of like you got your favorites, you got the ones in the middle, and then you got your least favorites? Well, I guess that's the whole point. Is you can break it up any way you want. I think the granularity gets really, gets really odd. Yeah. For um, sure. After a certain point, you know. So it's not it's not Ram, then Band on the Run, then Egypt Station for you? <laughs> no, it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that at all. Yeah, I try not to think of it that way. Yeah. You know, I sometimes think that it's, a, it's like a logarithmic thing. Okay. Like decibels, right? Sure. Where fine distinctions at the top matter more than fine distinctions at the bottom. Right. We might get into an argument about whether Ram is better than Band on the Run. But getting into an argument down at the bottom, you know, about whether this is the, the right. worst or the second worst starts to seem really ridiculous. It's just like, you know, the other thing that's worth addressing about this, this whole, you know, ranking thing yeah. is that not, every, not everyone has the same scale. You know, like my least favorite McCartney albums, I don't really dislike them that much. No. If we're on a road trip and you want to put broad street and driving rain on loop i can probably live with that yeah Prob <laughs> you know? probably you can probably live with yeah whereas maybe some people really hate their least favorites but you shouldn't apply your scale to someone else so i would admonish people not to assume that someone's least favorite is as hated for them as your least favorite is to you as well you yeah know? and again we are talking about these albums in the context of these albums we're not that's right, yeah. I'm not sitting here comparing this to an Ariana Grande record or a Drake album or... No. We're just, hey, Paul released a new album. What was the last thing he did? What are all the other things he did? That's right, yeah. That's it. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like for now, we should keep the rest to ourselves. Yeah. Get through the rest of these albums in season four. We're not even keeping it to ourselves. Our opinions have yet to completely form, I think. Brand new album. See, yeah, before we go any further, I think we should actually not and <laughs> save it for... That's right, yeah. It's tempting, but... Let's save it for the podcast when we actually do it because I've only been listening to a couple songs a day now. I've, li you know, I've listened through a few times. 
and it's starting to solidify, but I need to go away from it. I've noticed one thing, and it's it's a vinyl thing because I'm listening to it mostly on vinyl. Oh, nice. I'm playing disc two more than disc one. I'm starting it with dominoes and going from there. I've noticed I've been at the end of the album a lot, just uh-huh. digging through that stuff. And some of my friends have been saying, well, this is a, it's a bit long, isn't it? And then you're like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't know yet. No opinions yet. But we know it's good. Yeah. Yeah, we, we like it. I don't know about you, but I'm not so honeymoon prone that I will love an album at first that I don't love later. Right. That doesn't happen very often. So I'm definitely digging it, and it's unlikely I'm going to sour on it yeah. too much, you know? That just reminded me, I got Wildlife and Pipes of Peace at the same time. <laughs> how wow. weird! How weird is that? And That's amazing. Yeah. That's so eclectic. Or it's as eclectic as it comes. I remember... Pipes of Peace turned me on right away, and then I kind of got sick of it. It was like a piece of bubblegum. That's not to say I don't like the album. You know, our opinion is on that episode, if you can listen to that. But like Wildlife, I hated it when I had it first. And then it it just slowly got better and better and better as time went by. So Wildlife did? Yeah, Wildlife, yeah. See, you kind of hated it when we did the podcast on it. Yeah, I know. And that's so, I guess my point there is maybe we do have to revisit some of these records. <laughs> well, certainly if we get the archive wildlife, yes. we'll have to. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. It's, you know, I was very lucky. I may have said this before on the show, but it's been a long time. It bears repeating. I was very lucky with how I got to know Paul's albums. Check out my album order. I got Tug of War and Pipes of Peace at the same time. Then McCartney and Ram at the same time. Then, Wildlife and Red Rose Speedway at the same time. Then, Band on the Run and Venus and Mars at the same time. Then, Back to the Egg and McCartney 2 at the same time. Then later, London Town. How lucky was that? That's very... That's the 80s, man. That's me just going to record stores, who knows where, and testing my luck, you know? So it worked out in little pairs like that. You got little McCartney sandwiches, little... Openers yeah. and closers of periods almost. That's great. That's How about amazing. that? Amazing. Well, let's wrap it up. Yep. We will be back with season four very soon. We can't give you any exact dates yet, but it's coming soon. We're working on it. Yeah, we like to get a few in the can before we start posting them. So right. we're working on it and we're doing the research. And so we're deep into chaos and creation and Egypt Station, which is interesting. Very interesting. The critically acclaimed record and then this new record at the same time is gonna open some new connections that i have to talk about for sure yeah well i'll tell you what seeing as this is a bonus episode we're gonna leave you with something arbitrary Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) goodbye see you later is Martha, My Dear, by John Lennon and Paul McCartney, realized by Ryan Brady. Take It Away, the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast is powered by Pippa.